Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to the Conventional Sniper Podcast. I'm your shooter, Justin. Uh, today with us, we also have Dave and Mason from the Snipe Pit Podcast. Excuse me, Snake Pit Podcast. So they'll also be your shooter, shooter. Uh, we're going to do a little different configuration today. Most of you guys are used to the shooter spotter configuration, but uh, if you know anything about training, then you should be doing a shooter, shooter situation where the secondary guy is ready to send around if the first guy misses. So bros welcome to the podcast thanks for having us man i've been following you guys for a while i think you guys popped up like right after i started and uh it was like cool to see another group pop up well i guess guys not group but it was cool because for a while for the first couple episodes i was like dude i'm the lone guy and it feels really weird and sometimes it gets really difficult to continue the topics by yourself because you think of a topic and you're like ah it sounds awesome then next week i'm like that's a stupid idea why would i even talk about that so you guys (laughs) pop up with stuff and i'm like I got to caveat off what those guys say. Oh, it's yeah. like first summer. So, yeah, anyway, welcome to the podcast, guys. Um, real quick, we'll do the S2 brief. Not much to report this week. Um, just a little shout-out to our friends up north there, eh? The Canadians, they just picked up the, the C20 DMR rifle. It's made from Colt. It's 308 suppressed gas gun. Um, one thing to kind of point out to that is the suppressor sleeves. Um, made by a company called Mantha Defense. The owner there is a great guy. I used to work for him. Um, those suppressor sleeves are the only suppressor sleeves that I can find that have infrared and thermal reduction. So if you go to their YouTube page, which is Manta Defense Accessories, I think, you'll see a video on there with the Australians doing mag dumps on full auto augs, and it will uh, completely eliminate your thermal signature so long as the sleeve is covering it. So um, as well as it does heat protection, which is cool to see. But um, Hopefully someone gets on board and does that. Anyway, segueing off that uh, into the real world now. Um, so I have some questions for you guys, and I gave Dave a little bit of a heads up to this. But yeah, um, sorry, Mason, you're gonna go yeah. full send into this. Yeah, full send. You have no problem because um, you guys both have section no time. Uh, if you've if you have a chance to read Sip Alberger's book, and he's a German sniper in World War II, he says that in their sniper school they have this poster put up in their sniper school, and there are eight things to this poster so i'm gonna read the lines to you and you guys give feedback on on the line and maybe see if we can see if the translation has has happened over the years or if generally the rules are the same now just a a, a thing of caution here there is a line in this that definitely pushes like the eo and sharp line however if you think of the historical context and where it's going without getting offended you can probably see it, but I'm a civilian. I have a DD-214, so come at me, bro. Um, anyway, so line one is, the sniper is the hunter among soldiers. Hunter among soldiers. I mean, that's the, the overall, like, the, the embodiment of the sniper, I think. And they, they kind of nail it right off the bat with that one, because as the hunter, you're specifically, you're, you're tracking something, you're watching something. Whereas, you know, the, the large-scale operation side of the house, like all the other... The other MOSs, the other things, they're not necessarily doing that to that extent. You know, they're part of a bigger picture. Your job as a sniper, you are specifically the hunter. You are the guy tracking that target down. So I think that embodies that overall craft um, aspect. Do you think it's a good first line? It's a strong opener. If you were to change it, what would you say? Mm. What would I change about that? That that specific line? Yeah. If if you were to put either change it or would you put what would you put for a different line, the first one? You know they say like a picture's worth a thousand words. God, I think. 
I, I think it's spot. good. I mean, I think it's uh, it's the opener as far as like that's the mindset you're gonna need to have for this job. You're gonna have to be the hunter. If you can't grasp that concept of being in that mindset, it's probably not for you. I mean, I, I want to say like the it's the hunter among soldiers, correct? Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah so, it says the hunters, the sniper so, is the hunter among soldiers. So there's a lot of there's a lot of soldiers, but there's this very specific and few hunters actually out there, and the snipers are that breed. You know, yeah. the, we are the hunters. We are we are a select few that actually aren't just told what to do. And I won't jump ahead too because I, I I peeked at some of these earlier, and I know there's something later on in this list that kind of ties into it. <laughs> so I don't want to jump ahead okay. and say what I want right. to say. I'll, I'll let it keep going. All right. So line number two. His job, meaning the sniper, is difficult and demands the dedication of body, soul, and mind. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that applies today as well. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think that's changed. No. no. Uh, that's, the only thing that I would think has changed is the attitude amongst the Army about how that has to translate. Command climates. And, yeah, command and climates. They have to, you have to realize that being a sniper is a technical skill that takes a long time. It's like being a master welder. And I know when we were out to breakfast this morning, we touched on it a little bit. But you can't just go to a leadership school and all of a sudden, boom, you're a sniper. Yeah. And you can't just go to sniper school and be a sniper. Yeah. So I guess it goes back to that line one again. And this is why I brought it up. I wanted to see how your reflection is. Is it support? The rest of these lines support line one. Yeah. Because that's supposed to be like the main idea and the focus, right? Mm-hmm. Makes right. sense? Absolutely. You don't want breakaway. Yeah, exactly. All right, line three. Only a thoroughly convinced and steadfast soldier can become a sniper. One more time. <laughs> I are great. Oh. Only a thoroughly convinced and steadfast soldier can become a sniper. Well, I mean, you break down the actual meaning of those words, and I think that um, to pursue the job of a sniper, like as far as thoroughly convinced, what I'm thinking of is somebody who's um, sure about what he's chosen to do. He's not like you know backtracking. Right. Uh, he's he's committed mentally to okay, this is what this is what I want to do. I'm committed to this craft. That's just my interpretation of it a little bit. Yeah, you're gonna let me go over that one more time. <laughs> uno mas, uno mas. Uno, uno mas. I need. I'm a seer, not a hearer. I got it. Okay. okay. You're, you're a grower, not a shower. All yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> only uh, only a thoroughly convinced and steadfast soldier can become a sniper. He's convinced. Yeah, yeah that's kind of like the. That's my. I mean, you have to have the heart, point. and you have to want it. I would say so far three, two, and one, they they go, you know, three supports two, two supports one. Yeah. So it goes back. I think it's a good line to have in. Yeah. Yeah. A little pyramid effect. Yeah, pyramid effect. Building up up to number one. I don't know if if the Germans intended it to be this way, but that's the way I objectively look at it. You know, how does this continue to remind me as I go down the list of line one? That's the way I would look at it. There's still some systematic motherfuckers. They they have processes (laughs) for everything. That's true. I wouldn't be surprised. All right, line four. It is only possible to destroy an enemy if one is learnt to hate and persecute him with all the strength in one's soul. And as far as I can tell, that's the only line here with an exclamation point at the end. <laughs> nine, nine, nine. <laughs> um, you know, I want to say we we preach that today still in, in the military as far as, you know, you should want to go close it with and destroy your enemy. But I, as you were saying about the whole, like, environment now, command climates... Um, I don't know where I saw this, but it was pretty accurate. You're, 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 don't create Spartans if you don't want the Spartan mentality and Spartan lifestyle that comes around. That's fair. I, so yeah. 
if, if they truly want us to go forward with hating our enemy to the point where we will do anything we got to do to destroy them, if they want us to keep believing in that, whether you're from whatever country, I think that's what Support militaries are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You go you go wreck house when, you, when, it's, when you're called to do it. Um, so I believe that we as the shooters and the, the military want to destroy our enemies the same way that that little saying is right there. Yep. But I think the environment's <clears throat> changed in the world globally. For a lot of militaries, they don't want the perception of a bunch of bloodthirsty killers, you know. So, I, I just want to. I want a technician, I guess you could say, yeah. a guy who can cannot look at a problem objectively yeah. and realize that hey, I need to turn the switch on and I need to turn the switch off. And the way yes. I turn the switch on is through technical advancement of myself as an individual. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of in a parenthesis that that line embodies that that you have to really believe in yourself. And you have to hate what the enemy is doing in order to turn that switch on. Otherwise, Absolutely. your switch isn't going to be on. You don't want aimless, yeah, just mindless killing where yep. you're just out there. Just go out there, students. Eight hundred, just slaying bodies. And that one will encompass the one with the mind, heart, and soul. the mind, body, soul. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Line, line numero dos. Yeah, yeah. Go, two. Go down okay. All right, line six. Uh, excuse me, line five. A sniper is a man set apart from the common soldier. That's what I was getting at earlier. Yeah. Uh, you were starting to explain it, and yeah. I was like, wait, wait. <laughs> well, see, I haven't even looked at this list, and we had the oh, I did it. understanding. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, spending a couple of days with you guys so far, I've realized that you two literally are yin and yang against each other, right? But with each other. Yeah. So, I'm like, all right, I'm going to tell one of these dudes. I said it from the beginning. I was like, I'm going to tell one of these guys. I've been see, duped. And see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> and see how this translates. Because I was curious if you had talked to him before this and be like, oh, Justin's going to do this. And I was like, all right, I'll just see how these two are going to like talk about it and solve it go over it with me throughout the couple of days i mean usually for the most part though just with uh on our podcast normally we, we just kind of we'll bring it talk about and you know but yeah we just full on go into it yeah it's just like all right well i guess we're talking about that now and, yeah. <laughs> you go down rabbit holes yeah, rabbit hole, rabbit hole, rabbit hole. i know i mean how much our rabbit hole is so deep right now with the yeah. grand canyon we've only there. done three episodes but i mean just me and dave talking all the time just offline to each yeah. other like yeah. we'll start talking about um camouflage and all of a sudden we're talking about ballistics and then all of a sudden we're somehow talking about water bottles or something. I don't know. I was going to go hey, somewhere camouflage else. is a weapon, dude. <laughs> camouflage is a weapon. Is. Which brings me to line six. He fights unseen. Absolutely. Camouflage and is a weapon. 100%. Yeah. Which is interesting that they have all of this, like you're above the common man, mind, body, soul, dedication. And then line six is like, hey, you fight unseen. Which I think really changes how the the term of fighting for the first couple of lines because the sniper's not supposed to be in a huge fight. Which, if you look at the Germans and how they were using it in World War II, especially on the Eastern Front because this is where this book is based, that dude has engagements inside 300 yards. Mm-hmm. He's doing direct duels with other snipers at the time, and he's directly engaging machine gun nests, support by fire positions. He's looking for commanders on the battlefield. He's looking for, uh, I think the Russians have a term for like a... Uh, a commissar that's what it is they're looking for commissars right so that guy is i mean we were talking about it earlier before the podcast to think about the target rich environment Mm -hmm. that that guy has however i would say his mind has to process a lot faster because he has so much more going on Mm -hmm. and he Mm -hmm. shoots you know an nco and they're like ah whatever it's an nco he wasted a bullet he wasted time he's wasting energy and the attack is still going on so i think there is a whole different realm in the sniper side that hasn't really been explored Dibbles a little bit in the close quarters battle, like where Rangers get into, or maybe an ODA team hitting a compound. But when you get to that quick reaction time as a sniper that's been trained to do long range stuff, and you are engaging, you're, you're, you're literally trying to thread the needle 
yeah. in a chaotic environment while you know the tattoo gun's going yeah. off. Yeah. So while the tattoo's going off, to put this in an analogy, tattoo's going off, you know, tattoo gun, and then there's a needle with a hole in it, and you have to thread a piece of string through that at the exact right time. Yeah. But you have no clue which needle it is. Mm-hmm. So I would say in their aspect, that is very extremely rarely unheard of. It's just unheard of nowadays in that chaotic environment because you've got tanks rolling, you've got artillery coming down, aircraft overhead, mortars coming yeah. in, machine guns ripping it's everywhere. Staying like keeping your focus on your task. Yeah, exactly. What, what the rest of the war is doing. <laughs> so. Which is weird because you are unseen only in the time that you are actively engaged with everyone else. But when you're engaging, you're instantly observed. Mm-hmm. And observation can come from audible observation. You've been observed that there's a sniper in the area, yeah. which I don't think people think about is that round going off is an observation. You yep. are giving away your position, mm-hmm. right? Which is, I mean, we do talk yeah. about shoot, you know, camouflage 10 times, shoot once. Mm-hmm. But even though you don't know exactly where they're at, you do know there's a sniper out there. Yeah, you've been observed. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're not, I guess you could say it's a soft observation, mm-hmm. not a hard observation. All right. Line numero seven. His strength is based on red Indian-like use of territory linked to perfect camouflage, cat-like agility, and masterly, it does say masterly, use of his rifle. And that's where I hit the whole, like, hey, if you get offended, I don't really care, because that's what's on the list. Yeah, <laughs> looks over shoulder. Like, <laughs> is this a secure line? <laughs> you want me to say it one more time? Let's do it one more time. Okay. All right. His strength is based off based on red Indian-like use of territory linked to perfect camouflage, cat-like agility, and masterly use of his rifle. Understanding your environment your strengths and weaknesses uh your equipment and basically what i'm getting from that is um i don't want to say i don't want to say it but savage tactics like the ability to like the whole like always forward don't give anything up mindset you know until the job's done like that's kind of how i kind of perceive that okay and understanding, like the sniper being understanding of his environment, mm-hmm. I, I, maybe using it to his advantage. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's a master. He of, knows the land. He should be a master of camouflage and understands terrain. terrain and the the big thing for me is cat-like agility. Yeah. Because how does a sniper on foot remain agile with mechanized warfare? And this is a huge problem I think we have across the board, because you rely on a bigger support element to be agile. Because if you go out on a lone vehicle, you're going to get targeted really easily. But if you're out on foot, you're not going to be targeted so easily, but then you can't keep up with the speed momentum of, say, example, a German Blitzkrieg. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a key line in there, and I don't know. I think it, it needs further development, I think, in our world. Well, I mean, cat-like agility, could that also be changed Delphi. to, like, well, your ability to adapt to a changing environment, the changing battlefield. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, line eight. Line eight. Okay. Last line. Awareness of his abilities gives him the sureness and superiority which guarantees success. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I guess... Understanding what your capabilities are as a sniper. You know, because there are, you know, people ask a lot of times, like, you know, hey, what's... How far can you take the 110 zone? Well, book answer is up to 800 meters. You can take it out farther than that, shooter dependent. You know, same thing with the 2010 with 1,200 meters. Like, you can take that out even farther if you can. Like, it's shooter-dependent and how um, how that sniper is with his capabilities. is understanding himself makes him more lethal weapon. Yeah. And understanding what he needs to work on and fixes those deficiencies 
and becomes an over or an even better sniper over that. Hmm. Text in a book and then reality on ground are two different things. Yeah, um, totally. Ideally, we want those things to mesh perfectly. This is what the book says. This is the capability. But a lot of times, there's a difference in there. So, so. if you were to rewrite any of this and post it in your team room, what part of it would you rewrite? And and or would you post it in your team room? Well, let's start there. Would you post something like this in your team room? Um, he said, "Bring that over here. Let me, let <laughs> let me see that. Me, yeah, you can't see look, it, but he was like, look on down here." Mason's like, hey, I need to learn how to read first. I need to read. Where's the, where's the <laughs> pictures, Justin? My bad, dude. I didn't draw them on my range card. <laughs> uh, I know mine right off the bat. That was it line... Uh, line four, talking about the... Basically just the pure hatred of your enemy. Uh-huh. I think today that would have to be changed to mid... Meet the whole light switch thing you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. I need. Yes. I need to. When, when the time comes, I need someone that's going to be relentless and just completely obliterating the enemy with whatever you're good at doing, but also being able to pull in the leash, so to speak. When, when it's like, okay, I don't need to be full on. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to be a sledgehammer, but then come back to a scalpel. Yeah. 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 I would say definitely. I would probably reword that. Number four, definitely. Yeah, I'd reword that to say respect your enemy. I was going to say you need to, because you also need to be able to understand, too. Yeah. Because, you know, they're doing the same thing. This is going back to a conventional war. You know, we're fighting a war for people that are way above us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, like, uh, well, World War One, they had the, uh, the, the truce for Christmas, mm-hmm. you know? And they went out and kicked soccer balls around and had a good old time good with each time. other. Same thing happened in World War Two, you know? So you have nice. to understand your enemy but be able to have that. Like, the next day, the, sorry, Jerry. Mm-hmm. I have to shoot you now. Yeah. yeah. You know, I have to give it to those dudes. Just be like, hey, that guy crossed, crossed the street over there. It's been peppering me with MG42 fire for the past 12 hours. We go hang out with that guy tomorrow. And that's definitely, I think that's why a lot of the older generations have the opportunity to reintegrate in society a lot more. Because the mindset is completely different than now. Um, but going forward with your conventional stuff, um, one thing we preach here on the podcast is that unconventional now is conventional. And the need to, to have, you're going to need unconventional forces, but they're going to the next gen warfare. And a lot of countries are still stuck in like a fourth gen warfare, which is we have to put bodies on bodies, right? Where versus like say seventh gen warfare is like, hey, I'm going to attack you digitally. I'm not going to put boots on the ground. In all facets of... Yeah. yeah, I'm going to hit your economy instead of... Directly digitally instead of... Or say you're in an election. Uh, and I'm going to hit your social media waves and do stuff like that versus instead of having to put boots on the ground. That's a whole other can of worms. But there's a it lot is. of people that actually believe that's happening right now. I believe it's happening right yeah. now. Totally. So, mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's rabbit hole. Rabbit Again, hole. Rabbit. I, I'm doing so good. I'm <laughs> hold my my drink here. Just like all right, no rabbit holes, no rabbit holes. <laughs> so would you would you post something like that in the team room? Absolutely. Yeah. I think I would. Uh, obviously, because that's old German text from the Great War. <laughs> um, it teeters that line of propaganda versus mentality. So you just want to be careful. You know, are you creating robots? Are you creating you know thinkers that are going to apply themselves? Yeah. On the battlefield. So. There's obviously some wording differences that I would change, but but I like the one I like in there is the um, that sniper understanding himself. Yeah, the mm. mind, the embodiment, like the mind, body, soul. Yeah, yeah. So in, it's like line two, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's line two. Yeah, his job is difficult and demands dedication of body, soul, and mind. Mm-hmm. 
What would you would you change any of it? I would go with Dave on that number four. Number four. Yeah. Mm. Okay. What would you change it to? Mm. How, how could you word that now too? Because everything's so fucking sensitive. Dave said it pretty like, well. Um, I, like I said, I would just change destroy your enemy to respect your enemy. Yeah. It's only possible to respect an enemy if one has learned to... Or you could say it's only possible to destroy them if you've learned to respect them. Uh, and, you know, just, I guess that's it. Yeah. Learn to respect like, yeah. them. How you word it, too, is kind of cool. and that'd be, that'd be something perfect for there. Is like, no one to be the sledgehammer, no one to be the scalpel. Yeah. Understand you can be both. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so with, I guess my question for you guys is moving on to camouflage, because that's our one of our crafts. I get a lot of questions, actually, and this is why I wanted to wait, kind of, about ghillie suits. Because terrain changes and temperatures change quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of nice lightweight fabrics out there and all that sort of stuff. But I don't know about you, but juke gets ungodly hot. Yes, on, it does. On you ever lit a cigarette in one of those? It gets really hot. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys ever tried to build a winter ghillie? Yep. I'm working He's on working on one right now. I haven't. I've always just been part of the part of the lazy crew that either had like some overwhites or you know, it's just readily available. So what's but I would like to... Um, build one and actually assist in, in making one yeah so what's uh what's one thing you guys have done to consider you're building it um obviously you can't have just a white because you're going to be a white blob now <laughs> so you have to it's understand true. um the what well, depends on kind of what kind of foliage you have too you know if you're are, are you in a winter uh, area with pines and stuff like that with darkers mm -hmm. or it's going to be a little bit lighter with uh, dead grass or dead um you know, like on the plains versus high grass, in, exactly. in the northeast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I got it. So we'll say, uh, I guess my bigger consideration is going to be the fabric type. Yeah. I know everyone's like, oh, I'll just go get a painter suit. And I'm like, well, let's talk about a painter suit because I think it's wet and it gets mm -hmm. heavy, right? Yeah. And I don't, I, I mean, I know you can go get uh, like ski pants and stuff like that, but I worried about the like the silky, the loudness. Yeah, the loudness. Yeah, the squishiness. And the other thing is uh, snowshoe consideration, too. Mm -hmm. I need to be on snowshoes because I don't want my jute hanging down in my snowshoes and, and getting dang on caught. Yeah, which I wish the, the Army schoolhouse had a winter course because I think there'll be a lot more considerations for precision mm -hmm. you know, applications and, and hindsight considerations and how much more snow really drains you yeah. when you're uh, trying to build a hindsight because you're not digging in the ground, dude. Right. That, it, yeah. There's no way on that ground's frozen. Yeah, you and then could, also you have to understand. Be, you could, but you're going to waste so much out, time. Yeah. yeah. You also have to understand too, like when you you're moving, you're going to be sweating, or you shouldn't be sweating. You don't want to sweat. Right. Yeah. But then once you get into an FFP, you're going to be sitting you're freezing, there and you're going to be freezing. So yeah. You need Check to have understand have you know the front part of you needs to be insulated with a good material that's going to keep your body heat in. Mm -hmm. um, get a Wobby hoodie. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so just making sure like you're building that ghillie suit properly around the whole thing, and maybe doing, uh, you know, not wearing your bottoms the entire time, or having something that you can put down on the ground mm. when you get in there as an insulation insulator, yeah, to basically help keep your body heat because you're gonna be sitting there for quite a bit. And I don't know about you, but my fucking feet get cold very fast. You know, that's actually one thing is the type of boots I guess I could say I'd be wearing too. Especially in the winter, because my my toes get ungodly cold. Yep. and that's really the first quickly. thing to go to. Yep. and then once that's, I'm like, that's I become so uncomfortable. Yep, that's yeah. if my whole body can be fine or cold, I'll be fine. But it's my toes that I'm just like, fuck. It me. makes life miserable. Yeah, yeah. If, it, if your your job 
is coming down to that the pinnacle of I have to make this precise shot on something where it requires everything to work for that one moment. You can't be thinking about your cold toes. You can't be thinking about I'm fucking drenched. So yeah, yeah. you know what I watch all the time is uh, the original, like the first Star Wars that came out when they're fighting the uh, like the walkers or whatever, and they're like Battle uh, Hoth. Yeah, Snow. where they're like freezing. Yeah, of I course think, I know that. I watch yeah. it. I watch it all the time, and I'm like. How are these dudes standing? Well, right, they get all this craziness. And I think there's actually like one scene where there's like a sniper team there, and he's got like a set of binos. If I remember correctly, there's one guy with like a huge gun on the ground, and he's like observing. And the guy's just standing there with a gun. He makes one shot, and that's it. He's like a quick split second of the scene. And I always look at that guy's kit for whatever reason. Like, all right, I know it's a movie, but you can find inspiration for ideas in the weirdest places. Like, yeah. as an example, like everyone knows the the dog Kong, right? Or the, the dog toy, Kong. Yeah, Kong. Yeah, so that came about from a guy who used to fix Volkswagen bugs all the time. And his dogs would go nuts over the CV boot that is pressed up like a Kong. His dogs would tear it apart. And so finally he realized that his dogs love him, so he'd take the CV boot and take it out and they'd destroy it. And that's how the Kong came about. Because huh. the dogs were going nuts on it. So I take, I've known that fact forever. I don't know who told me it, but I've just every time I see something and I look at that and I reference that, like, huh. Learned something every day. Yeah, I, I just <laughs> look at it and go, what idea can I pull out of this thing that no one thinks to pull an idea out of. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of where like my innovation comes from because guys will tell you that I'm like Sandoval, if you have a chance to meet him, he'll tell you that I'm the most innovative dude ever in the world and I can't stop innovating. And it's because I look at something and go, hmm, flannel. So you're telling I... me we need to find Wookiee fur for our snow ghillie? I'm surprised you actually don't have them. They're called <laughs> they're called horses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just you know, do that. But uh, I always look at that guy's stuff and just be like, I wonder how I can work with that. And I look at how they in the movie have their trench system set up because no one really teaches like true arctic military stuff like no. how do i blend in with a sniper in a trench system because you we know that heat is going to stick out like a sore thumb in winter mm-hmm. and you have to have some overhead cover to destroy your image because you're going to get picked up like that well, guys have to understand that the days of just you know you versus the other guy and your whatever optic th- those days are over while well, you're still going to have that but everything else is like up in the sky right now there's yeah. so many yeah. things that can see you and, and pinpoint you and identify you. So there's so much more to it now, and guys have to understand that's where we're going. That's that's how it's changing. I think uh, the schoolhouse should be trying to read your gear for that and teaching more urban because urban, you have guaranteed a roof over your head. You know, you yeah. sit inside a building and you're mm-hmm. going to be okay. But there's, I mean, there's other systems that are going to detect you. Everything's a sensor now. Everything can observe way better than you can. Yep. And so you need to find a way to Technology adapt to that. Technology is advanced extremely. Yeah, big time. Like, huge. What's uh, what's one thing that you're, like, excited for in the future for, for snipers? On the Army side of the house, um, seeing the changes as far as the schoolhouse adapting to the new needs mm-hmm. in certain ways, and then they're dabbling into the whole pipeline sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be pros pros to that and cons. I you know some people have, have cons with it, but uh, I like how it's developing into... Uh, almost like a pipeline now i think it's going that's, i think that's what it should be because it takes yep. so long i mean they yep. said it in line whatever I, it was about um you know you have to know what you're doing you can't just be like, right yeah you'd be convinced yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think one of the biggest things that for snipers they should go to is that seer oh dude i think they should go to CRC, i agree like 100 i agree like i sh- it should be like a mandatory like prerequisite almost like you have to go to Seer. Or it should be as soon as you're done with sniper, sniper school. Yeah, or something. I, yeah, that, I, wish they like had, I wish they added that on to the end. Because yeah. a lot of units think that, okay, we sent you to sniper school, now you're just, you're good. That's all you gotta do. You come back to the unit and they like, 
a lot of times don't don't touch you anymore. They're mm-hmm. just like, no, we got your uh, sniper school. That's all you need. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, here's this laundry list of other shit I got to go do. By yeah. the way, mm-hmm. you know? I would say like the three big things right off the bat: seer, obviously, mm-hmm. um, joint fires or call for fire, get certified yes. to like an FO level, yeah. and medical. You need to go to more than just a CLS course. Yeah. Those are the three big things right away. And then the big fourth one to that is as soon as you become a team leader, you need to go to a planning school. And not just, oh, I went to ALC and, oh, I went yep. to ranger school. Got it. Everyone loves ranger school. I got it. Tracking. Someone's going to crucify me over this comment or these comments. <laughs> but ranger school does not help you prepare for a sniper mission. Mm-hmm. End of story. They help you prepare when you're miserable and tired and pushing yourself to the next level, meeting people to do that and holding everyone together. And that's what leadership embodies is that if you're not doing it, they won't either. Mm-hmm. Right. However, comma, pausing for, I'm going to get laid up on the internet effect. Mission design is different as a first sniper than anywhere yeah. else because there's so many more considerations. Yeah, and we, we already talked about that too because I have started making a PowerPoint because I've seen a lack of um, the sniper employment and how officers understand, even not even just officers, even NCOs mm-hmm. don't understand, you know, how snipers are employed. I remember one time, uh, I, one of my sniper teams was attached to a, a company, and the first time I was like, "What do you want to do? What do you mean?" He was like, "Well, I don't know how to use you. So, like, what do you tell me? What you like? Tell me what you want me to do. Mm-hmm. You can just do whatever you want." I'm like, "Well, that's not good. Great. As a first arm level, great. Like, yeah, great. <laughs> Here we go. So we're like, gonna have a great working relationship, yeah. buddy." Yeah. <laughs> But under, yeah, I, I 100% agree. And that's mm-hmm. I'm trying to get this PowerPoint for everybody to push it out there that how to properly employ snipers and having that planning planning course. Which, speaking of planning courses, and I, I thought about this last night because you and I, are, you and I uh, Mason, are the Ruger gang. So, hey, if you're from Ruger, we want to talk to you because obviously you're in my backwoods in New Hampshire. But uh, we, I'm, I know I've been pushing for quite a while, about 22 adaption for soldiers free time or snipers free time is what i should say and i think as a section a section guy it's a great opportunity to help younger guys understand where they can do it on their own time and shoot on their own time because you can match a 22 lr rifle and I, just about every podcast and probably once or twice a month i'm putting up some there something on the podcast page about 22 lr and uh like you need to go practice with it and i'll tell you i learned a lot about shooting at night with 22 lr because your laser does not match so here's the bigger thing. Lasers are linear. They're just a straight line. Straight, yep. Ballistics are angular, right? And you cannot match, you cannot guarantee your linear distance is the same as your angular distance. And uh, one thing you also can't predict with angular and linear shooting at night is being able to see, like if I'm going to shoot through a couple of loopholes, that bullet's going to strike something. Mm-hmm. And 22LR is going to teach you a lot about angular and linear shooting. And you're going to hit every dang on tree branch from here to the target and then some up to the dang on move. You're like going to hit ball with that round. You're going to hit everything but the target because your yeah. bolt's only going to make it about 10 feet out of your barrel. Yeah. And um, I think in the National Guard comp recently, they just had a 360 stock lane. And the guys uh, that won first place or overall were talking about it, which we may have them on the podcast soon. I, I talked to them and hopefully we can get them squared away after the holidays. But uh, I'm going to press them more on it. But I guess I want to get your feedback is... If you guys have done a 360 stock lane, and have you had angular deviation from bullets in a stock lane? So I've done 360 stock lanes before. But not a live fire one? Not a live no, fire yeah. one, no, no. But I've done 360 stock ones. Um, That's something I wish I wish they uh, offered more um, for training as far as the ability to go out and actually do live fire stocks more more often. To be honest yeah. with you, the I, land, can't, the, I can't think of how it's supposed to work. 
because I would get too freaked out as you a dude sitting in the truck. Crazy SDZs, like, yeah, that to you. Well, the yeah, planning, that's, that's a, the planning that, that's a risk. That's risk a risk assessment. Risk assessment that will, <laughs> that commanders, yeah, I don't know if that will ever get signed off. Well, I mean, it will get signed off, obviously, because it happened before, but yeah. that's a very risk-adverse thing that a commander's got to teeter with. Maybe we can, I bet you we can find a contact the National Guard School and we can pass that info along. Because that would be really, and that could go in your PowerPoint. That'd be really helpful of how to do the risk assessment for a 360 live fire stock lane yeah. for training. Because you're you're going to have issues with angular deviation. And you could probably, you know, once the stock lane's done, I think it'd be pretty easy for the Army to do it. Because everyone has the same guns. And the walkers could just have the ammo. And the guys that, uh, um, you know, or the students or whatever, or the, the actual sniper doing the stock doesn't have ammo and when you're done a uh, walker comes over to you after the range has been clear cold and then caught again you come over him you give him two rounds and you're like all right go ahead and engage a steel target out there that you've identified yeah. and this way you check his dope you know if it's good or not yeah. and he's gonna check his wind call which is something you don't worry about in uh in stock lanes is your wind call mm-hmm. no one does that so i think that's super important yeah. to do all that stuff yeah, yeah. No, I and, agree. and understanding does your loophole your natural screens did that actually work? Yeah, you know, because yep. I, I know sometimes you get into some screens and loopholes, and you're like, uh, I'm gonna pass this lane because <laughs> I can barely fucking see the guy. Yeah, yeah. And he, I know for a fact he's not gonna see me, but you, so you're creating is my, habits that might not it, exactly. Is and then I also loophole. can't put a bullet through this hole. Yeah, I'm exactly. looking down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I can put I can burn my optic through here. Right, because because yeah. uh, screens are angular. Or, uh, screens are linear. Shooting is angular. Yeah. And you have to have an angular loophole to yeah. do it. So, and then, yeah, and also being able to understand how, like, what distances, how high your round is actually going to go. Yeah, the, the max orb. Yeah. Take out yeah, that bird's right. nest above you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So, yeah, if you're, if you're a Ruger, get a hold of us. We'd like to help out somehow to get some dudes some training on 22 R guns, which would be great for you guys as leaders yeah. um, at a team. Because you can be like, hey, let's go learn about shooting at night with this. Let's go learn about stock lanes. Because you can just put a bunch of brush in front of them and be like, all right, you're going to create a loophole here and go shoot through it. And 22LR is not going to make it through it, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that's something that I would probably look at for sure. Humbling experience for all. I, I absolutely love my Ruger, my RPR, the 22 yeah. long. I absolutely love it. The, the ability to run a 22LR with a center fire cartridge, I guess bolt. A, yep. What's the technical term I'm looking for here? Like a bolt running distance? I don't yeah. know. I almost wanted to say length of pull. The length of reload or the length throw? of throw? Like, yeah, length, throw? length of throw. Yeah, so you've got the one and a half inch and the three inch throw. Yeah. So you work your same mechanics of a short action three inch throw as you would uh, your 2010. That's like perfect. And I don't know why Remington hasn't come up with this. Yeah. Or Ruger, for God's sake, Ruger, change the freaking stock on the 22LR gun. That sucks. Please. And KRG Ops, I know I hit you up on your Instagram page. No one's going to buy the 1022 chassis. We want a Ruger Rimfire bolt gun chassis so that I can mimic a bigger gun, please. And I want to be able to take regular mags in there for 22LR that are the same size as my AICS mags. I don't know why the industry hasn't put these two dots, three dots together to create it. Like I know um, there's a big time, 20, uh, big time uh, custom production company, and, my, and I apologize. The name is uh, like not coming to me right now, but they make um, AICS mags. In you know actual size mm-hmm. that are 22 LR fed. It's Voodoo Gunworks. That's Voodoo. what it is. Okay. Voodoo makes them. We'll tag them in here too. Voodoo makes AICS mags that run 22 LR, um, but they won't fit in your Ruger gun because the Ruger takes the 1022 mags. So I can't practice running a full bolt, uh, a bolt gun mag, 
in my gun because there's no um, modularity between the systems. It's just all proprietary, which is kind of frustrating. But yeah, so anyway, guys, I appreciate you guys coming on. It's nice to hang out here down with you guys. It's been a good time. Hell yeah. It's been awesome. We'll get you guys on for more. So uh, anyway, guys, thanks for listening. And uh, as always, from the tall grass, one shot. One kill. Have a good night, guys.